Hello, and welcome to CineDrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema. There you go. And alcohol. <laughs> Second time's a charm. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm your host, Matt, joined by Nathan. Hi. And Elizabeth. I just got really excited to clink the glass. You did. You clinked professionally. <laughs> well done. What are we talking about? Uh, so we are here at the beginning of July to go over our best ofs for the first half of 2016. We've seen about 20 films for all of us, mm-hmm. a couple of different ones. Um, so we have just our basic favorites, but then we also have some superlatives and fun things to take us through this first half of the year in cinema. Mm-hmm. What are we sipping on as yeah. we do this? Well, careful listeners will have noticed that we didn't have an extra clinky clinky from Ice Cubes. Jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. jangle. Twinkle twangle. <laughs> it's just not there. Um, which is because we're drinking beer mm. and cider. So the cooler two hosts, which would be me and Elizabeth, yes. are drinking a beer called Jammer from Six Point Brewery, which I know is pedestrian, but no, I'm kidding. It's a great brewery. It's uh, <laughs> it, there it goes. Six Point is our sponsor. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Six Point. Uh, no, they're just, it's like ubiquitous around here, but it's because it's good. And they have a new beer called Jammer, which is a Ghost style, which is like an old German it style. It goes that, down well. That's, it goes mm-hmm. down well, yep. And it's an old German style there that is. Goes. Oh, no. Oh. Unfiltered wheat beer. Um, and it has the addition of coriander and sea salt. Mm-hmm. In true Brooklyn style, this is hand harvested sea salt mm. because we do not allow machines to harvest our salt here. Um, actually, no, it's Jacobson salt, which is one of my favorite salts. I'm a salt goddess. Uh, Are you? <laughs> it's little known fact. Little part. known fact. Um, but. All of this is to say that this is a very good beer. I'm happy about the addition of this to their line. I don't really know 100% if it's truly new, but I do know that I've never seen it before until right. this summer. So, and Good it, job. On the side of the can, it says beer for beasts. So it's fitting that you two are drinking that. Yeah, I'm, I'm beastly. Mine says beer for beauties. That's so. not true at all. Yours isn't even a beer. Whatever. It's because I'm allergic to malted barley. Cry for me. I am drinking Austin East Ciders Original Dry Cider. It's a cider and it's dry and it's delicious. <laughs> and on the bottle it says, How do you like them apples? Ooh. Which just reminds me of a little good, Goodwill Hunting. Perfect. Which is a, a bathe. I would call that, I just took a sip. Um, I would call that semi dry. Yeah, it's not super dry, which is good because I, I like them sweet, you know? <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh goodness! Um, to kick to kick it off, why don't we start with? I know that you guys have a couple of movies that you were sad to have not made it to for yeah. this first half this of the is, year. This is my award for sorry yeah. to have missed it. Do you, do you want to begin? I feel like we may have the same one. Yeah, I'll begin. Well, I have two, but go ahead. I'll begin. Sorry to have missed it for me is definitely the fits. Mm. Um, oh yeah, which was I a, to see that. a tiny little film that got really good buzz um, about a young woman. Or girl, even maybe teen. I don't know how old because I didn't see the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. But she's a younger person, woman who um, is watching a boxing 
um, practice or some sort of martial arts, which may or may not involve her brother or something, but then she wanders down the same hall as this event and sees a dance rehearsal and then she gets really into dance mm -hmm. and it was, that's the extent of what i know but it it's a horror film i do know that yeah <laughs> yeah i just mean it's not like a billy elliot like she wanders down wait is it actually dance. a horror film yes it's a horror film seriously yes oh well i didn't so i'm really sorry to have missed it now <laughs> i had it, no it idea came i thought out it was recently. just a, like yeah a, it came out it's probably still indie drama yeah it's mind. still in a few theaters. no i've looked oh i'm i'm sorry to have missed it Oh, I'm pretty sure it's still playing at the Angelica. Who knows? Uh, I am sorry to have missed uh, Embrace of the Serpent, which was mm -hmm. technically a 2015 movie uh, for the Academy because it was nominated or it was shortlisted. It was shortlisted. For a foreign film from, I'm going to say Columbia. Sure. I actually didn't do my research again. I didn't see it, so I don't know. <laughs> look that up. It, it is Columbia. Columbia, okay. I didn't look it up. Um, but yeah, so it, got, it got really good reviews, and you know, I've heard nothing but good things about it. The other one that I'm maybe not sorry to have missed, but I can't believe I didn't end up seeing it because it made a billion dollars and is definitely going to be nominated for animated feature is Zootopia, mm, yeah. which I've heard really good things about. Yeah, me too. And I would really like to see it. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. It'll be a, a real crowd pleaser, but I missed it. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't choose. A, although those are good, and I actually am sorry to have missed. All of your choices, but I did a not sorry to have missed it, and that is Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Oh, mm. I am not sorry that I did not end up seeing it because it looked atrocious, and then according to the reviews, it was atrocious. So, well, that can move right into my worst film of the year so far, Perf. which is The Fits. No, I'm kidding. it's Batman <laughs> v Superman: Dawn of Justice. There isn't even anything to say about it. It's just utter, utter crap with a central conflict that's not actually a conflict. <laughs> really wooden, bad performances, visually flat, trying to set up all the... I just... it No, it should not exist. <laughs> and all copies should be burned. Fabulous. It's great. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Did you have a, a worst movie or... Actually, just briefly, I'll say I did not have a worst movie because I successfully avoided the ones that I knew were going to be shit. Good work. So I'm proud of myself for that, at least. There's a skill to that. I don't have a worst movie, but I do have the most her movie <laughs> in the tradition of Arrested Development, <laughs> which is Deadpool. Yeah. Really? That? I saw it. Yep. It was fine. It's I, a shoulder shrug for I me, too. Big old eh. Yep. I don't get it. There was like one scene I legitimately thought was sort of funny and clever, and that was the like holiday of sex montage <laughs> which made me laugh and was like kind of clever but besides that i just i nope. it didn't even feel fully flushed out as a movie it felt mm -hmm. like some ideas sketched down with lots of like dick and cum jokes and yep. which just eh. whatever her really <laughs> people love it i don't get it so that's I'm my right most right there with you <laughs> movie and yet that made a crap ton of money too it sure did um I have a couple other superlatives mm -hmm. while we're on the subject of, of male-centric movies, I suppose. Ooh. I have the award for the Magic Mike XXL Honorary Award, <laughs> which would be this summer's, or this half of the year's, attractive men with sort of 
homoerotic overtones that are embraced <laughs> by it, and that would be everybody wants them. With two exclamation points. Two exclamation points. A lot of super attractive men in very short shorts and mm-hmm. baseball clothes and sort of homoeroticism embraced by the film and not scoffed at. And my, my BFF, who I do not know, Glenn Powell, who has really stolen my heart this year. Yeah, with his, a good last his talent months. and range. So that's my uh, my Magic Mike XXL honorary award. <laughs> I can co-sign that, <laughs> stamp it with my notary seal of approval that I don't have. Uh, yeah, that was a really lovely film yeah. that I was happy to have seen. Well, one of my new categories that I'm just introducing this year, but I realize should have always been around. The look at that goofy granny of... <laughs> 2016 um 2015 would have 2015 would have been um what's her face from nebraska but not in nebraska june june squibb june squibb from i'll see you in my dreams oh yes yeah, yeah, she's yeah, done yeah. A lot she of would have been the, nebraska. the goofy granny of 2015 or mm-hmm. lily tomlin but in grandma mm-hmm. but uh i think june squibb anyway of thus far of the year, it has to be Susan Sarandon eating mm. a bag of weed mm. in The Meddler. Because mm. um, look at that goofy granny. Usually <laughs> involves elderly women on some That's sort granny. of substance. Right. right. Um, yeah. A la I'll See You in My Dreams of Last Year, which yes. had a nice sequence like that. Yes. Well, that ties in nicely to one of my new categories, which is just older actresses are the best. Aren't and they it's always? Awarded to Susan Sarandon, who is terrific in The Meddler. I thought mm-hmm. she was really, really great. And Sally Field, who just goes for it in Hello Doris. <laughs> I haven't come down yet on the side of whether I think she was good or bad, but that's sort of how I always feel about Sally Field. But at the same time, she is going for it, and more women of wider ranges should have more film opportunity. Cause Absolutely. We will always co-sign that as as actress sexuals. Uh, Piggybacking off of that a little bit, this is my What Are You Doing award. Uh, And that goes to my fave, Holly Hunter, who is in, (laughs) unfortunately, to bring it back again, is in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And she has a few scenes opposite Jesse Eisenberg, which I don't know what he's doing in that movie. <laughs> Poor guy. It, it, would have, it could have been a good performance in a totally different film, but the film that Zack Snyder was making. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Holly Hunter's great. She kills it. Her last scene is real good, and it really surprised me, actually. It was like the only good scene in the movie that I was like, whoa, they went there. I can't believe they did what they did. Oh my gosh, I know I'm Holly Hunter, but I still need a home. <laughs> so sometimes you gotta take a Zack Schneider film. That's true. She needed a paycheck. She earned it. <laughs> well, I have one category that's somewhat similar, I guess. This could have been my worst film of the year, but instead it was the Met My Expectations Exactly film, <laughs> um, which was definitely The Jungle Book, mm. which was just, for me, it, it wasn't horrible, but it was just like suffocatingly perfect, bland and beige. And yeah. Just yeah. like... Just what you expected. Right. Not a fan. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of off of that, instead of most what I expected, I would say my, my favorite discovery mm-hmm. of the season is, a, is an actor. And I'm going to say his name probably not correctly, but it's Gradia Walsh-Pilo. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
who was the lead um, in Sing Street, a delightful movie by John Carney that I would really recommend for everybody to see. It's just one of those movies, not unlike Pride, that just makes you feel great about life. But the film really rests on his shoulders to carry it both emotionally, you know, plot-wise, and then also to be able to pull off uh, the singing and the performance aspect, and he really nails all of it. And he was just a real fresh Irish face, which I'm always on board for. <laughs> yeah. So he was my, my favorite discovery. Uh, my favorite discovery, this is my yes please mm. slash breakthrough, was Chadwick Boseman. Yes. In, I mean, I hadn't seen him in a few other things, but still. Yes. In Captain America Civil War, he plays uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. who will eventually have his own film. Which and I'm actually excited for, despite I know, not I, feeling like I should be excited for Marvel movies. And I should not have been excited for Tom Holland as Spider-Man, he but yet terrific. the movie made it work, and I was like, oh, sure, I could watch another Spider-Man movie. Yeah. But yeah, Chadwick mm. Boseman is great and super attractive. Yes. Cool. Well, that Atta actually, boy. he was in the running for my next superlative. Mm-hmm. He did not win, although I think he's going to have plenty of opportunity for a comeback. This is my best ass award. <laughs> <laughs> And the winner, which will be unsurprising, particularly to Matt as I say it, because I pointed it out several times as we were watching it, is Joel Edgerton in Midnight Special. (laughs) The pants they had him costumed in were just doing real great things for his ass. And at at several points, I leaned over to Matt and was like, his ass in those pants. (laughs) See why they called it Midnight Special. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He was serving the midnight special. It'll be special to me at midnight, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Yikes. Well, speaking of very special, (laughs) um, and midnight special, actually, Mm. I have an I Told You So award, the I Told You So award, which is, could also be the, it would be like the pleasant surprise or whatever you just did. What was it called? Best discovery. Best discovery. Or yes, please. Except except it wasn't a discovery because I knew it. And that was Adam Driver in Midnight Special. Mm. And I think that I could be imagining this partly, but I feel like he gets a lot of flack for either being the same character all the time or getting a lot of the same roles or similar roles and just being ubiquitous at this point. So I think people are a little, some people are a little sick of him. He's a pretty idiosyncratic Um, way of like speaking. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, and... Girls in general, the TV show gets a lot of flack, so that's probably just part of it. But, right. um, but I thought this performance—I mean, it wasn't like a powerhouse performance, but it was a little bit different. I think it really showcased his talent, and it made me even more excited for what he's going to do next. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would too. Um, I don't know how to tie this in, but uh, <laughs> this is my. WTF moment or what the fuck moment um, well runner up to that there were several jump scares in The Conjuring 2 which was oh, yes. a little better than I thought it was going to be Yeah. Um, that were unbelievably terrifying this is a scary ass movie oh yeah uh, but I mean, my James actual Juan is great at oh yeah building that suspense yeah. there's good payoff my actual WTF moment comes from Hail Caesar there's a you probably know it there's a part where they're watching like playback of a film that's currently being made and Frances McDormand plays the editor and she just always has a cigarette like very loosely hanging out of her, out of her lips 
And at some point, the film like starts skipping, and the the camera backs up, and you see that she's gotten like this scarf, <laughs> like necktie scarf, like, or giant necktie, like caught in this editing machine with the it, and she basically just about chokes to death. Yes. And it, it is kind of like for a while, I was like, oh my god, no, she's gonna die. What is this movie doing? It was a big WTF in a, in a good way. Yeah, we, we definitely looked at of, each other after that. We're just like, it was like wow, happened. that happened. And she <laughs> was already like going for broke in yeah, that performance. Yeah, in one scene. And, like, yeah, she had like maybe two scenes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely a fascinating choice. At a girl. All around. Well, skipping back a little bit to The Conjuring, I have a three way tie. It's been a good, fairly good, a uh, uh, 2016 as far as some like scary thriller definitely um things go so i have for most terrifying mm-hmm. i have a three-way tie the first is the nun from the conjuring 2 yes. which is a legit whoever came up with the like costume and makeup design deserves a raise because she's real scary i think they're already talking spin-off i'm sure i mean that was similar to annabelle terrifying well hopefully much better than annabelle i would hope um my second for most terrifying is john goodman in um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm -hmm. He was great, and he walked this, like, really interesting line where I was never really sure of the character and what he was and who he was, and he had menace, but then also, like... Like, it was just a very... It could have been a very one-note type of character, and John Goodman is a skilled enough actor that he turned it into something much more intriguing and terrifying to watch at the end of the day. Great performance. Um, it was also one of those performances where it's like sometimes it's more effective to whisper than shout. <laughs> yep. And he definitely nailed that. Um, and then my third and most terrifying is the reveal of Black Philip in The Witch. Mm-hmm. And the way the scene. Well, I don't know. I should maybe I shouldn't give it away. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah. I won't give it away. But the reveal of Black Philip actually gave me like chills down my spine. Yes. Um, and was super well done and very, very terrifying. So that was, that was my three-way tie for most terrifying nice. of 2016. Give me chills. Multiply. Um, <laughs> so a little bit less terrifying, but still hard to understand, <laughs> is, by definition, is the most enigmatic performance, um, which definitely goes to Huma Abedin, the wife of Anthony Weiner <laughs> in the documentary Weiner. So you could argue that it's not a performance, but she is in politics, at least by way of her husband. So she's she's performing. She works she's in the public. She's in the yeah. public eye. Yeah. Um, but it, I th- it was just fascinating to watch her face, uh, like it, her face just obscure whatever emotion she was feeling. You never knew exactly if I mean, she was with him or not with him. Yeah. And you knew she was uncomfortable, but you didn't know exactly why. And I think she's like the great mystery of that movie. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating. It's a great, great movie. Part of it is I just wanted to talk about Wiener. Or, well, okay. <laughs> when do Joke's I on me. You. You should have brought it up right after I did best ass. <laughs> it was right into Wiener. Anyway, Matt, do you have another one? I think Wiener, okay. Uh, I mean, I wasn't even going to really mention this, but uh, I had a most unnecessary sequel, which would really go to all of them. 
but mm. I did just write down Finding Dory because oh, oof, it just what I forgot that we saw that because you didn't re- put it on the website yet. So I would have had that's this like the most recent film. I know, but I would have had this on my list. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, it's. I mean, and it's not bad. I mean, even the worst Pixar isn't, a tr- isn't Batman v Superman. But it's just it's so unnecessary. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's a letdown. But the short before the film Piper was great. It's one and of my that, favorites. That will probably be Oscar nominated for. Yeah, I've heard short. really great things about it. Ellen is still great, but the film, nope. Yeah, um, I have a best food moment. Since this is Cinemunch, Drunk, whatever, movie pass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, uh, it it sort of ties back into uh, Nathan's Goofy Grandma's, which is Susan's Goofy Granny, sorry. (laughs) I want to get it correct. Which is Susan Sarandon... um, in the movie The Meddler, which I would really recommend, especially to take your mom to. It's a good mm-hmm. movie to see with mom. Um, she accidentally ingests, kind of accidentally, <laughs> certainly not intending to, ingests a large portion of marijuana and then is very high and sort of wanders around downtown LA, which they make look really beautiful. And having been at some of the places she was at, it is not nearly that beautiful. <laughs> um, and she then goes into a diner and just sort of stares longingly at a glass case of pies. (laughs) And the look on her face is really terrific. And I feel like I have definitely at some time like gazed at one of those just as longingly only not having ingested a handful of marijuana. So that's my favorite food moment. And then the waitress comes over at some point as she's staring into the glass (laughs) and and Susan Zoran's like, how much this and she says you know like $18 or something she's like for all of them and her eyes just kind of get a little bigger it's good it's great it's a great scene and old Susie yeah. killing it as usual she's it's my true. favorite bushy haired actress <laughs> oh yeah that's a great pick that was on my short list mm-hmm. so I'm glad it made your final mm-hmm. list um, my best food moment is from a movie called A Bigger Splash, which is from the same director mm-hmm. as I Am Love. Yep. Um, which, if you've seen I Am Love, you know that it's basically food porn. So it's not that surprising that this movie also has some great food moments. But the, the best, I think, is when um, uh, Tilda Swinton's character and Ray Fiennes? Yes. Ray Fiennes? Um, <laughs> go into this um, woman's home and she's making mm-hmm. fresh ricotta. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, I'm a cheese person. So you get the like the process of making the ricotta and you get their reaction and they're just pure bliss when they get <laughs> this warm, handmade cheese yeah. in their mouth. Um, and then they proceed to buy several packages of it to take home. Um, so that one's just like nice and touching the best food scene which is a more extended moment is also from a bigger splash and that is um the scene where they visit this restaurant that's on a terrace like a like terraced um 
like hillside hillside yeah that kind of terrace and um it's basically just like someone operating a restaurant out of a cave and has like plastic tables and chairs and is kind of the dream situation if you're traveling and want great food and to sit under the stars and you know Nice. Commune with one another. Mm-hmm. So both of mine were very like sincere food moments this year. Oh, should be that so can nice. <clears throat> tie into. I have a before we get into like ensemble and like acting favorites. I have a favorite acting moment um, or two of them kind of, and they both come from a bigger splash. Um, one is Ray Fines puts on this record at some point and dances for a good full like two minutes around this gorgeous like villa where the most of the movie takes place and it is absurd <laughs> dancing he's so committed to this character who's really kind of out there and would this be the oscar isaac and ex machina award of the year i mean that at least had like a lot of sex appeal and some danger going to right. for it this right. has like the opposite of that <laughs> It's just like goofy and humiliating, but still kind of endearing and not sexy, but so unsexy that you're like, okay, it's kind of sexy. Right. Yeah. It comes back around. It, just yeah. Sexy. Just about. It's, yeah. it's a good, it's a great performance. Um, but my favorite acting moment, um, comes of course from Tilda Swinton. Um, there's a moment, uh, where she and Ray Fiennes who both play off each other really, really well in this movie, especially cause he's so vocal and she the crux of the character in the, in the film. She's a rock star who has just undergone some vocal surgery, so she doesn't speak throughout like the entire film. She has a few lines and some whispering that she does. Um, but they are wandering around town, and they find this little hole-in-the-wall karaoke place, and Ray finds is doing karaoke, and, and they end up singing a song, and he's like, he, there's a, a crowd that forms around them, and he gets her, like, coaxes her into singing a little bit. And just... It's just so believable. Tilda is so good at making you believe that, just vocally, that this is a woman who is a a rock star who's been around for decades. B just recently had some sort of vocal surgery and is like for a moment caught up in in this moment and wanting to sing and is like, oh wait, I need to back off a little bit. I'm sh- I shouldn't be using my voice. It's it's really right. Layered, and then just the the history of that relationship between the two characters is kind of all wrapped up in that, and and it's still kind of a performance both for each other and for the people that are watching, and then her actual lover and his daughter, uh, Ray Fine's daughter, played by Dakota Johnson and Matthias Schoenarts, respectively, come in, and it's it's a nice scene from a, a movie we liked but didn't necessarily flip for. So basically, it manages everything that none of the musical sequences in Ricky and the Flash last summer managed to. <laughs> True. Which was. Tell multiple things on a deeper level. Yes. <laughs> um, well, speaking of, of actors, because I think all four of those actors are pretty great in that movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, best ensembles. Yeah. Uh, I can go first. I have a tie, which I know is such a cheat, but I cheat a lot. It's just what I do, you guys. <laughs> I I'm know. a cheater. I'm a cheater. <laughs> um, I have two. The first is The Lobster, mm-hmm. um, which was a movie I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, I think I would like it more, except for I think it lost some of its sharpness in its second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ensemble is really terrific, top to bottom. Um, Colin Agreed. Farrell and Rachel Weisz are terrific, but then it has John C. Riley and Ben Wishaw and Olivia Coleman and like Bless a real her. scene stealing, and then the woman whoever plays the like harsh 
German or Slovakian oh, woman yeah. or whatever. It's, I mean, like everyone, um, the the lady, I forget her name now, Christina something from uh, Extras who plays the one who Oh, yeah, keeps, I forget. I yeah. mean, just really like top to bottom, everyone in that cast is Leah Sado, like Rachel Weiss, yeah. Everyone is really, really great. So that's one of my... Uh, best ensembles and then the other one sort of on the opposite end is almost all untested actors and that's the ensemble for Sing Street Mm. Um, I already mentioned uh, Ferdia Walsh-Pilo but the whole cast is a lot of like young actors and they really all anchor it and are believable and have great chemistry together I really special shout out for Jack Rayner who plays the main character's older brother who the only thing I've seen him in is like a smidge of the last Transformers movies, which is unwatchable. <laughs> um, but he's actually really super talented and uh, was great. So, yeah, that's, those are my two best ensembles so far this year. I also had a tie for best ensemble. One being The Lobster, I agree. Yeah. And the other being Hail Caesar. I mean, the Coen, yes. Coen brothers always get good people and they're all just great. Yeah. And it's great fun to see them doing, like, behind-the-scenes golden age Hollywood yeah. stuff. It doesn't all come together in a way that is like top tier Coen brothers, but right. still lots of good stuff. Agreed. Mm-hmm. My best ensemble was Maggie's plan, which That's a good one. Um, is less serious all around. <laughs> I think part of what I liked about it is they were all just having fun. Um, you have Bill Hader and Maya Rudolph, mm-hmm. which, who are two people who should always play a married couple in every movie. <laughs> yes. Um, Greta Gerwig, I really liked, mm-hmm. and I don't always. I mean, she's a little idiosyncratic too, so she's hard for me sometimes. But Ethan Hawke, I guess, is Ethan Hawke. But um, <laughs> at least he wasn't really meant to be likable, so it was fine right, that I right. dislike him. And and the point is, like, they all played off each other well too. Yeah. And. Um, Julianne Moore, terrific, best accent. Terrific. <laughs> she was my she's my runner up for supporting performance so far this year. Nice. Did you did either of you do a worst performance before we get into like positive things? I didn't. I do no. have a best scene before we get into our. Actors, so do we. But um, do you have a worst performance? Because I, I do. Of Just before we get into it. like good good things, let's get the last negative out of the way, and that is Kim Basinger in The Nice Guys, which was a movie we quite liked. Oh, it yeah. was I, Just tonally, it, it was really yeah, really entertaining and really engaging, and then, I mean, it should have been a role that worked yeah, and get to have a sort of noir reunion, reunion with Russell Crowe from LA Confidential, but I don't know if it's just plastic surgery, but she can't express anything, I know. even vocally. She's kind of dead. Yeah. yeah I like don't want to talk re- about it because I'm trying to have a real, I just read a really like fascinating rebuttals to this like horrible article that Owen um, Gleiberman, Gleiberman wrote about, wrote Renee, about Zellweger. Renee Zellweger, yeah. which made me really mad. And I really hate the way people evaluate actresses and their faces. And I understand the pressure and why they do the things they do. But yes, just Kim Basinger just couldn't And it's not do just anything. even that she can't really move. Perfect. No, she but her doesn't... line deliveries, like everything was like, it was sort of like a weekend at Bernie's type. Someone was <laughs> just like barely moving this woman and lines yeah. are coming out flat. And yeah, no, I agree. And it's an interesting character that yeah. could have really helped the movie to have someone yeah. like flesh out that character a little more. But yeah. there was no live flesh to nope. flesh out that character. Poor thing. 
Alas, she's got her Oscar. There you go. Hold on to it with two fists. Uh, Javi, what was your best scene? Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, My my favorite scene. um, I I decided deliberately to call it favorite scene because I'm not sure it's the best, but it's certainly my favorite. Um, which is the music video scene in Sing Street for The Riddle of the Model, yes. which is still, I think, my favorite song from the movie. <laughs> um, this is the first music video we see them mm-hmm. making, yep. and they kind of have these insane costumes, <laughs> this bizarre location um, that's like edgy and graffitied, but doesn't really necessarily makes sense and uh then the the model or the you know lovely young woman character comes in and sort of saves the day with outlandish makeup and um just good energy yeah and it's just fun yeah so much so human and like believable in a way that yeah all other musicals are inherently not believable right i mean it's you can't really call it a musical it's just a movie with music but um just that it's clearly this ragtag group of young boys that, like, one comes dressed as a cowboy. And, like, they're just <laughs> all these things that are, like, oh, okay, I can see that they pulled this out of their, their parents' their closet closets, or, like, their own yeah. closet. And they've come together. And it's really just about the music. And then it's a great song, too. Yeah. That's a great scene, which will lead into my fave scene of the year so far, which is also from Sing Street. It is a different, uh, well, I guess not music video, but... It's Drive It Like You Stole It, which I think is my favorite song from the movie. The fantasy um, sequence. The fantasy sequence, yeah, where they're in the gym and mm. there's like the added pressure. Oh, is she going to show up, the the model? And I love, just before it starts, when um, Frida Walsh, Frida Walsh, yeah, Frida. Pilo, Frida, I don't know, the, the lead, mm-hmm. the charming young man, um, is trying to like coach and direct the extras who is just like only like six people maybe in the gym that's going to fill out the the crowd that's watching them perform um, as their their band Sing Street and he's telling them or he's he's like have any of you seen Back to the Future and none of them have seen Back to the Future but that's just a cute like callback that that's what he's going for with the concept of the music videos sort of like 50s prom American prom which is like a it's very this American concept for these Irish lads uh, and then it sort of morphs into a fantasy sequence music video that really just sort of elevates the film to another level. And I agree. Really, I was already on board for the movie, but this just I I was I was on the floor, hook, line, and sinker for the for the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, those are both great. I didn't pick my favorite scene from that movie just because I had like I was in love like the whole every time. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my favorite scene is the the would that you were would that it were so simple scene from yes. Hail Caesar. It I just tears laughing. It was also a real like Ray Fiennes being funny, which lately he's been exploring a lot more, and I'm so on board because he's really hilarious. And it was a total like stars born moment for Alden Ehrenreich because he's so terrific in that scene, and it's all about timing and their timing is dumb pat i mean it's perfect screwball yeah and it works out of context too if you've seen the The look up tales caesar trailer number two it's it's basically just that scene and it 
it sells you on it. And it's, yeah, and it still makes me really laugh. So I loved that scene, again, just tears for about five minutes because I was <laughs> laughing so hard. Uh, so that takes us into... Uh, uh, our acting. Our acting. Should we start with female supporting? Sure. Would you, would yeah. you like to go first? Sure. I, I will say that we must be like synchronized Elizabeth and I because she has Our talked lined up. She has talked at length about all four of my winners already. Yes. All right. So what do I have to say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully not. <laughs> my best supporting actress is Olivia Coleman. Mm. She probably talked about least of the four. Mm. But um she was in Lobster. She was the hotel manager and just struck me immediately as <laughs> as a really lived in character um <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. just pitch perfect so I, I again i also didn't love the movie but it's well worth seeing and in, in no small part because of that performance <laughs> yeah and she it's one of those i mean the best supporting work if you're looking at just what's on the page it works fine if, if they just do that but the way she delivers lines and the yeah. reaction shots she has and everything. And there's like a specificity to her character depth. that is something yeah. that she created. It is, yeah. it is a wonder. Yeah. She's a runner-up for me. Mine uh, is Kate Dickey in The Witch. She yes. plays the the mum. Um, she was also a runner-up mm-hmm, for me. Both mm-hmm. of yours were ones I strongly considered. For yeah. Probably. I don't I think I'll talk about <laughs> The Witch a little more later. But she's, she's great. You might know her as... Someone who got pushed out the moon, moon door in Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Oh, that's right. She's just got such a good look, too, that yes. really works for that character. You just works instantly kind of... She makes you uncomfortable. You don't really like her. You can see why <laughs> there would already be kind of this tension with her and the oldest daughter, yeah. who is also a great actress. She gives a great performance, Anna Taylor-Joy. Um but yeah, she she does grief well and yeah. She and the guy who played her husband have such like specific Ralph wonderful yeah, yeah looks for this film. Um, my female supporting both of those were again ones I strongly considered, but I ended up going with Angori Rice, who played um, the daughter Ryan Gosling's daughter in oh. The Nice Guys, and it ended up being a really crucial part, and it was mm-hmm. a part that I loved. Like, I would have wanted to be that oh, girl yeah. when I was 12. Me and she too. was never precocious. She was never annoying. Like, she was really, like, in the scenes with Russell Crowe, like, I bought their sort of connection and the more, like, heartfelt stuff. But she also had really great comic timing with two actors who were, like, at their best, chemistry-wise, I think. Yeah. That I've seen either of them in so long, and she was, like, right there in the mix with the three of them so often. Uh, so it's just, I always it's am... such a crucial role. So, I mean, it ends and up being the heart think, of the film, yeah. really. And she nails it. I always love a good, strong, young performer that's, like, non-cloying. Yeah. Um, and I loved that character and I loved that performance. I did so too. It's a bit of a device, but she, sure, but she, she plays it, it better me. than what's, what might be just on the page. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So too. So best supporting actor. Yes. Let's do it. Mine is, you already know Elizabeth has mentioned it. Uh, John, <laughs> John Goodman from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Nice. Um, I think he is someone that I, I have personally underrated mm, in agreed. the past. And um, 
it's just again it was just fun to watch him yeah do this performance and such a reliable... it was also enigmatic in its its way i mean yeah. he at he successfully traversed the mystery of yeah who that character is so it was cool he's such a likable guy like he's kind of like a tom hanks so then yeah. to see him play this possibly sinister kind of maybe unhinged right role is really which again then when you think like oh no he's not he's just misunderstood like you want it to they want that to be the answer to be the case. you want it yeah. to be the case that like oh no we just got a bad vibe because that's what you would if you were in her place but, yeah 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 it's good yeah it's a great performance um yeah good good choice my supporting actor um i did consider ralph innocent the dad from the witch and certainly alden aaron reich Aaron Rank from Hail Caesar Uh, but I went uh, no question with Tom Bennett from Love and Friendship absolutely hysterical I mean he makes that movie for me this is this Jane Austen adaptation by um, Whit Stillman with uh, Kate Beckinsale and Chloe Sevigny and I I had definitely never seen him before and I feel like we looked him up and he hasn't really done like anything before but yeah this is quite the the breakthrough that oh, I sure. want him to have Oscar buzz like yeah. he is ev- every line is yeah. and they're like set in a comedic way that it's like oh I could see other people delivering it that way comedically and it working but just he makes it feel like this is a real person in that time period. It works perfectly with the tone. Right. He like never feels like an film. actor delivering the comedic performance. Right. He just it's so endearing. Feels like an like an idiot. Um. Yeah. A really <laughs> winning, endearing idiot. Right. An idiot also that you're like rooting for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great... That, he could have been my breakthrough too. He's, he was really great. In me. Well, that connects all to mine because I couldn't pick... I have a tie because again I like to cheat, mm-hmm. and it was Alden Ehrenreich and Tom Bennett because they both just stole their scenes, and for both of them I could see like Oscar buzz because that is really like coming in and doing Ace's supporting work. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, Tom Bennett, and I really liked Love and Friendship. I would like to see yeah. it again when I was very tired when we saw it. That was with I. So I was having a little bit of, but he for sure what a what a screen debut i don't know if it's his actual debut but to a fairly wide audience like so winning and Attaboy. again alden ehrenreich now he's gonna be han solo because yep he was so great and got so much buzz going up 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 yep now uh, in deep space nine <laughs> <laughs> matt do you want to start us with sure. uh female sure lead uh my female lead uh i certainly considered anna taylor joy from the witch and our favorite bushy lady, Susan Sarandon, for um, the meddler. But I went with the other goofy granny, Sally Field, and hello, my name is Doris, which I know Elizabeth couldn't really decide how... It's all right, if it I was like that as your choice. Great, or just awful, way too much, but I love Sally Field, and I think this is a great... Like, yes, it's an eccentric character in an indie film yeah. that is, like, almost rom-com-ish, but... She's great. She's such a good screen presence. and Sure, I agree with all of these things. Yeah, it's just... It's the yeah. Sally Field like signature. Just always given a little too much, but... That's why a soap dish is perfect for her. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was won over by her, and I think... I think she's my fave leading actress of 2016 so far. Fair enough. Again, maybe not the best, but still my favorite. Right. Yeah, the, I should, we should say that these are... Some of these are more favorites than best, but... Um, That's how it should be. Well, my, do you want to say it? Do you want to go last? 
Um, mine is Mary Elizabeth Winstead for mm. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes. Uh, because I think, first off, that genre tends to get overlooked when it comes to actressing. Uh, but she also, not unlike John Goodman and John Gallagher Jr., actually like has a very fine line to walk, which is that she has to play a lot of things at a lot of different times. Um, and we also have to pretty immediately be on her side. Yeah. And she really does that. It's just a really strong performance. She felt like a fully fleshed out character as opposed to like the girl who's going to make it. Yeah. Because it's that type of movie. Final girl. She, yeah, she yeah. wasn't a final girl. She was a person with a life and an interiority. And um, I thought it was a really terrific... It anchors that movie. I think that's part of... I think all three of the performances really are why that movie is elevated to something beyond just genre right, a movie fair. that doesn't necessarily always get or need right. that quality or caliber of performance. Right. Yeah. Especially since so much of the movie actually ends up just being like a chamber piece of the three of right. them building tension just through dialogue and you can't have shitty actors if you're going to try and <laughs> build tension in like a closed room Right, which is why it's so weird because it like started off as basically just that, like chamber piece right. and then at some point whenever J.J. Abrams came aboard and was like, let's incorporate this into the Cloverfield universe. Right, and I'm not which sure... Which I kind that... of appreciated the mashup a little bit, but... It was a little need weird. it, yeah. I didn't totally need it, but either way, she is my my favorite actress of 2016 so far. Very nice. My favorite actress of 2016 is the bushiest in all the land. At a girl, Susan Sarandon. She won me over. I hope you take back um, the fact that you voted against her in our actress bracket. Well, this is just one film, but it's a it's quite the performance. I I I was all in. For yeah. it, I think it, it it stands alone. Mm. She does. Fair enough. I loved that performance too. Yeah, as did I. Uh, is, that, is that all you have to say about That's it? That's all I have to say about <laughs> the bushy one. <laughs> uh, for lead actor, I had a difficult time with this. I wasn't like blown away by any. I have an alternate as for Dia Walsh Pila, which we've already discussed from right. Sing Street. But um, I went with Colin Farrell for The Lobster. I think he's really fantastic. I mean, he's pretty reliable, but um, or always reliable, but really, really great. I made the same choice. He won mine. Uh, I will throw my runner-up, only so that I... uh, (laughs) Only so that we don't talk about the exact same thing. My runner-up for that was Ryan Gosling in Mm -hmm. The Nice Guys, because he is doing some outstanding physical comedy that I did that not true. know he was capable of. I mean, that is a very physical performance and it is really hysterical. Terrific yeah. comedy. Really terrific comedy. So he's my runner up, but I did pick Colin Farrell. Yeah. yeah. It's just great. Well, I think it's ironic that both of you were so determined to talk about Ferdia Walsh Pilo as much as possible, but then when it came down to the main award you just couldn't go the distance. <laughs> I gave it to him. All right. Good. At least he got one vote. Lead actor of 2016 so far, comma best, comma favorite, is Ferdio Washpilo from Sing Street. And I think I can't really find anything wrong with the performance. And it's so enjoyable and joyous and endearing and innocent and human. 
Yeah, what I really love about it too is that the filmmakers or the casting directors, I'm not sure who, um, but people involved with the film, when they cast him or were thinking of casting him, were like, oh, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to play the like meek, shy, like picked on right. kid, which is where the character starts as. But that's like all I think of him as now because he portrayed that so well. Right. Because he was he's a pretty confident guy, I guess. Right. But then the character becomes really confident, so that like transition worked really well. For sure, but like I he sells it so well in the beginning that I I just sort of assumed that that's his natural state. Right. That's closer to who he is. Yeah. Instead, he's doing hookers and blow every night. That's true. Well, he is now because he won Nathan's favorite actor, twenty sixteen, so far award. Your hookers and blow are in the mail. It's a very uh. expensive package. I hope you appreciate it, Ferdia. Um, uh. So let's move right along to our number three uh, favorite film so far, 2016. What you got? Uh, so my favorite, my number three um, is The Nice Guys. All right. A movie that is definitely shaggy and not flawless, but... By George, if I didn't enjoy my time in the theater. Like, that for me was the perfect spring, early summer movie experience. I laughed so hard. I already mentioned Ryan Gosling and um, and Gory Rice, who plays his daughter. It's the most I've liked Russell Crowe in. I don't even know how long. Since Les Mis. It was, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it was nice to see him actually like really connect and have great chemistry mm-hmm. on screen. And the three of them were just such a delightful, delightful group. Absolutely. That And that I thought when I was doing like favorite scene too, the whole end sequence, <laughs> sort of starting with the interruption in the room, like <laughs> it could have be my favorite scene because I just... And, like, what sort of action movie sets it up so that is legitimate action, like, impressive, like, yeah. action filmmaking things happening, but also laugh out loud funny. Which you know a movie works when neither of us particularly like violence on screen. No. But the violence in this movie is somehow, even when people die, is really Hilarious. funny. <laughs> like, innocent people will die, yes. and we were, like, crying with yes. laughter. Like, a random yeah. woman just gets shot by like across accident the like across the alleyway or yeah, an alleyway through a window which for me especially like violence against women and it's not like besides the daughter there were any sort of like fully fleshed out female characters but I I like cackled yeah it was really it was just a great light and I was so entertained that I was comedy. like sure I'm gonna eat this half eaten bag of popcorn that was <laughs> left in the chair oh next God, to me that was the movie but I saw it sitting there and I was like Oh, I'm kind of hungry. Sure, I'm into this movie, and then I ate the whole rest of that someone's bag of popcorn. Oh, God. I'm real proud of it, too. Yeah, you should be. What's your number three? My number three is The Witch. Mm-hmm. Which the Witch. I think has the best world building of the year sure. in a lot of ways. And um, just was, it was kind of enchanting the whole time. Bewitching. I mean, it was bewi- I was bewitted, 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 It, yeah, it just had that that sense of magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, down. It really did that well without sort of showing its hand all the time. There was a lot going on under the surface that just got under your skin. It was good. Absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
my bronze so far the year uh, was Wiener. Because <laughs> so, I like Wiener. Uh, the documentary what? about Anthony Wiener um, and his failed mayoral bid from, what, last two years ago? Yeah, what The recent past. It's... It's a well-done documentary. I mean, they kind of luck out in getting just some amazing footage because they were already filming the documentary on this mayoral sort of comeback, um, his like grand re-entrance into politics following the first like round of scandals and then more scandals broke, and th- he never like asked the filmmakers to stop filming, which is so weird. But yeah. they get some really great stuff out of it, and then it's edited together really well. It's very palatable and crowd-pleasing as just a, a film and yeah it says a lot about media and politics and just what a shit show all that is yeah it's, it's well done it's my number three nice what is your number silver medal yeah i'll start with number two mine was a bigger splash hmm. um which i enjoyed at the time but was kind of like undecided coming out as as far as like how successful it really was but it grew on me like none other and I think it just it the fact that it just left me with so many questions and so much to ponder and I mean that's a mark of a good film anyway um and really character driven which I appreciate always Mm -hmm. um was refreshing in the summertime. Twas mm-hmm. in the midst of all these blockbusters that I chose not to see. <laughs> Sexy, dangerous little film. Uh, my silver medal, my number two, uh, possibly my favorite, but just right under my number one is Sing Street, which we've talked a lot about. It's John Carney who uh, made Once. It's another movie with lots of music, mm-hmm. ragtag Irish lads make it a band and it is so charming if you haven't seen this movie you need to check it out i hope it it's following grows and grows and yeah maybe a a stray oscar nomination for song or something would, yeah would hopefully boost its profile like like once which maybe now is like a pretty a good screenplay nod that would be awesome yeah certainly deserving it's a great movie yeah uh my silver medalist is the vich mm-hmm. uh the vich. It was, I mean, it's really terrific. I appreciated how sort of patient the filmmaker is just setting things up and Mm -hmm. setting up a real feeling of uneasiness so that even in really innocuous scenes, I felt like a sense of foreboding. Yeah. Uh, I also liked how they like don't play around with the mystery of whether or not there is a witch. It's clear from the second scene. Uh, and then, and then sort of like you were talking about with a bigger splash, it left me with a lot of things to think about afterwards too. Like not only was it effective in the moment, but I continued to think about its ideas of like religion and religious fervor and how that connects to what we perceive as evil. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot about like women and women's agencies and role and how that can be stifled by religion. Like there was a, it had more on its mind to say than to just be a moody, uh, horror film. And again, the black Phillip moment creeped me the fuck out. Oh, hardcore. So yeah, the, the vich is my, uh, number two, which leads right into my number one, my favorite movie of the year so far now that we've had January through June, uh, is The Witch. Um, as you've both mentioned, 
It was your three? Yep. yep. It was my three. Three, two, and one. It, it gets all the medals. <laughs> um, it, Robert Eggers, the director, was a production designer, and you could really tell just yeah. all of the detail. It's so impeccably crafted, which you can... I was going to give it the, the award for best production design. Oh, yeah. It's I fantastic. just thought that I mean, he wasn't was the production designer lame. on it. <laughs> <laughs> Should have given it the looking good award. <laughs> the... <laughs> oh, it's nice. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's it's just impeccably crafted, and you could respect it on that level just for all of that because it feels like this very real like folk tale from that period. Yeah. Um, but then it you know resonates with all of its issues the same way that you know Salem Witch Tales, The Crucible, all that had like right. modern parallels. This kind of does too, and it right. left you with a lot to think about, and really was tense and terrifying and really really great check that one out too yep what's your numero uno my numero uno is sing street as has already been mentioned uh i loved it it was just joyous and joyful and john carney has this like really special ability to show the magic of music and as someone who loves music grew up in a very musical household uh like it just gets me (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just such a like beautiful and he finds such an honest way to show it as well. Um, and also the process. Like he's very good at showing the process behind how music gets made mm-hmm. and the sort of beauty and joy in the process, not just the final product, which I really enjoy. It was one of the things I loved about once. It's that's one like of the, the beauty I loved of it. about yeah, it's the process. Begin again, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I really loved in this as well. So I just, everyone should see it. I can't imagine going to see it and not, A, not enjoying it, but also not coming out just feeling like really light and happy and joyful. Yeah, it's infectious. Yeah. Yeah. Like good music is too. And exactly. for all of those reasons, my number one of the year is Sing Street. Yes. Of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, all I would say is, one, go see it, like Elizabeth said. And two... Movies like this are truly a source of good in the world. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go there. I'll say it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. On its on its own, as a movie, it betters the world. Yeah. Powerful. And also, I, it also is interesting because you know, like this was something that we talked about when we talked about Boyhood a couple of years ago. Is Sometimes tales of adolescent boyhood don't appeal to me, or at least don't me, me don't connect with me. Not that I don't think they, they should be made or whatever, but like they, they're just not things that resonate with me. Mm-hmm. But the way the film was made, and I think part of it is the music, like the universality of creation and mm-hmm. making friends through and something. Adolescence. And yeah. adolescence and the challenges of it and how you get through adolescence by finding people who have the same passions as you, even if they're idiosyncratic, like... All of it is stuff that I connected to so much that I felt super connected to it. Even though, again, most of the characters, really, except for the girl who was great, and I feel bad that I don't know that actress's name right now. Um, it was Susan Sarandon. Yes. <laughs> Her other performance. Um, you know, most of the characters were, were male, but I was so connected in, in and sold. Amen. 
Um, so that is That's the year so far. The year so far. It was really only a small handful. Well, by the end of the year, we'll have seen like four or five times that that many movies. This just because. And the podcast will be four or five times as long. Yes, it will. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and uh, I hope you have time to catch up on some of these movies. Yeah, catch Sing Street and the Witch if you haven't. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>